Welcome, everyone, to episode seven of Future Frenzy, the podcast that explores the world of emerging technology and its impact on our society. I'm your host, Sven Patzer, and we are thrilled to welcome Laura Webbe, an AI engineer with a specialty in machine learning on the podcast today. Laura began her career as an electrical and communication engineer, but her passion for AI and working with data led her to switch to computer science. She holds a Bachelor's of Science in Computer Science from Lebanese University and always keeps up to date with the latest technologies. Laura loves working with NLP and LLMs and spends her free time reading more about AI. Uh, with her expertise in AI and machine learning, Laura is here to share her insights on the latest developments in the field, the challenges of working with NLP and LLMs, and what she thinks ChatGPT5 is going to be like. Mind giving us a, a brief overview of of uh, what your speculations for ChatGPT5 are. Thank you, Sven, for uh, for having me today with you. I'm super excited as well. So ChatGPT5 has been not officially uh, released or spoken about that it's going to be um, released by end of 2023. But rumors have been said that its its training will be it will be done by December, by the end of 2023. And also some rumors say that it's going to be so close to the AGI, which is the Artificial General Intelligence. And this is the point where, in fact, GPT-5 makes this the big difference, if, if you want, by means of capabilities and so on. So the main the main point of chat of GPT-5 is that it's closer to the AGI. And it, what what does AGI mean? If uh, while speaking about it by means of a simplest simply simple definition, it is about having a large language model or any other AI agent that's able to um, do the human tasks more than one task at a time with the with the same human behavior, conceptualities, capabilities, and so on. Actually, the yeah, sorry, go ahead. So I I guess my first question, uh, (laughs) just hearing that um, prompts my interest. And so are you referring to GPT-5 as sentience of artificial intelligence in a way? Oh, sentience. Um, Can you elaborate more about this, please? Uh, so sentience in that the, the AI would have its own personality and it's, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, actually it might be this way because as we said, we're talking about a general artificial intelligence model, which has the ability to, for example, you can give it a task. Like I have this business idea, go yourself, find the first step that you need to take then go follow the order so on and so forth so it's gonna have actually yeah it's its own personality by means of an ai agent that's able to shape the word in another way it's like it's being said to be the holy grail of ai in in, in the coming in the coming years in the coming ai revo- revolution so my i i think what this may be is something like it somebody somewhere has 
Zapier, hooked up to ChatGPT4, hooked up to like a super fast computer, um, and, and so on and so forth, that, that's able to, to have these tasks automated. But I think the, the broader uh, aspect of, of what GPT-5 could be then, you're saying, uh, so I could say, hey, uh, please uh, search like about this topic and then utilize it in my email to so-and-so at this email address um it, is it yeah. that and uh my the question i have is how intuitive uh do you think a system like that could be and why parameter wise and uh, uh training wise and more yeah of course that's a good question actually um going back to the first example you 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 stated Sven, is that now you have a plugin for zapier for example linked to gpt4 and then you have another automation script that does this and that and that now each one of them is actually called um a narrow ai so today we are in the era of narrow ai when we when we speak about agi which is the general artificial intelligence and what we are aiming to have hopefully in gpt5 by the end of 2023 is having one agent to be, as you said, intellectually able and intellectually capable with self-intuition to be able to do this and that without you to hook up these agents together. So this is what we're aiming for by means of AG, uh, GPT-5 in terms of also um, AGI. Now, by means of parameters, also it's spoken that today GPT-4 is trained on millions and billions and trillions of, of parameters. Now, when we go to uh, GPT-5, we are we are talking about 10, 100 times more by means of parameters. And you can you can imagine this is a, a numerous number. This is a great number. And by means of computation also, it requires more than 10 times of the computational power that GPT-4 is trained on today, which means that you need at, mo- at minimum times two of the whole supercomputers that we have in our world now. For this reason, it's taking time and it is, it is suspicious until now because OpenAI actually didn't um, didn't give an official release or didn't give um, official news about it. But it was, yeah, it was only rumors between people. Let's say it's under the table. People are some professionals. Um, I, I can't remember um, the name of the, of the man that, that was it was shared on Twitter. Actually, it was a tweet. I was reading about it lately that, yeah, GPT-5 is in progress right now. And it is all actually, they are trying to make it learn from itself. So now there, there are limitations in the narrow AI that we have today, which is it cannot learn from itself. The more complex the scenario, the more uh, it, it fails, the more it, it starts hallucinating and giving us mistakes because by the end of the day, GPT-4 is still reliable on the data set it has. And the data set it has will have some limitations. What they are aiming for in GPT-5 is for a, a language model or an AI agent to be able to learn from itself like exactly like the human behavior. It's trying to mimic the human behavior into a better instinct, you know? So, yeah, I believe that it's going to have its specific personality by means of AI. And it might be able to pass the Turing test. Although the Turing test that it doesn't have a lot of perception, a lot of memory, but intuitively, if, a, if 
GPT-5 was able to pass the Turing test, it might be so close to be in the AGI, which is um, one like one man of a team. It's gonna be one AI agent to do multiple tasks in one shot. So, uh, I guess when you speak of of GPT-5 and having trillions of parameters, um, my like my first question is. You know, as somebody uh, I, thinking back to my uh, machine learning base, basics class, um, it, a lot of the focus was on could the model be too generalized because you're feeding it too much to, to go off of. But I, I think that what you're kind of insinuating is that if there's enough computational power and enough training done that it doesn't matter yeah well actually the more we have uh, the more we feed the model with data the more we have more computational power everything is possible this generalization was previously limited by by computational power it was limited by data today we are in in, in the future of data like as the CEO of um, of Google, he says that data is the future oil, and we can see this today. Like now, we have GPT three or GPT four. In one API call, you can make it generate numerous amount of data. But and also when you when you know how to use it, like what scientists now are able to use them, and for example, maybe generating data for for GPT five. And here, a lot of um, let's say a lot of issues can could be raised, like by means of the ethical use of data. The, um, um, the data being precise, being true, not having outliers, and so on and so forth. I think I think this is out of scope of your question, but yeah, when we have good, uh, yeah, yeah, but when we have a good amount of data and good amount of of um, computational power, yes, it's definitely doable. Now, this of course is gonna cause a lot of electricity by means of um, electricity um, by means of. Um, of power for fuel to 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 power on these stations like if we are talking now we are talking now about zeta um zeta something of computational power which is something really huge in my mind i think can't put it in one place you know yeah yeah i'm I, this is certainly um so okay they're po- <laughs> i i have to take a step back a little bit um yeah. So uh, the first question I have is, um, are they are they pulling so much data that it, like is that why Italy got mad because they're pulling that much data that like whole countries are getting uh, like upset by the obscene amount that's that's being trained? Uh, or really? So I, yeah, I mean, I knew that and I spoke about it, but you know how far did they really take that and and how far do you think they might be taking it under the this this topic is really interesting yeah this topic is really interesting you know because um uh, the, the 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 issues of data are really critical imagine that our data online who knows if our credentials are being shared our preferences our recommendation systems um, everything is being shared online. So these people are, t- are fetching these data into their systems and letting us use this system that 
in fact we are contributors without us being known no because when i share my posts on linkedin when i share my tweets on twitter on instagram on facebook on my articles on google so on and so forth someone is yeah someone is taking this data in order to feed them to gpt3 4 5 we don't know what versions we're gonna see in the future so okay. imagine then we are contributors to this process you know and then now we have to pay for for you to using this this uh this product while we are under the hood part of this contribution so i think they have they have the right to be mad especially because they're open ai didn't until this moment until april 4 or april 3 it didn't until now reveal any information that proves it is still um being aligned with the jtbr rules with the data ethical uses with the um, um saving the client's credentials oh i don't and believe any of that i don't believe any yeah yeah exactly and it is still until now not um <laughs> not revealing anything so i think the uh the decision of italy first banning uh chat gpt by means of of data privacy and so on um yeah i think this is um this must be taken into consideration now i'm not uh, actually this is my opinion i'm not with banning any technology because technology is like a river floating you cannot stop it from staying in progress of course but some regulations should be added on this data and how these people are using it of course yeah of course well so i mean i have two huge questions that stem from that that have to be answered just because i think that you know people may uh may have these questions and they don't have the ability to ask machine learning engineers about it like for one um, you know, a big thing uh, that was said about, um, you know, the, the open AI chat GPT usage is that like your personal information that would be inputted in there. And I've spoken with uh, other AI people on this podcast before who were saying that, uh, you know, your your information is is uh safe but my theory is that maybe it's not if if they're training gpt5 on gpt4 then are they training your are they training it off of your input in any way like yeah this is this is a good question um let me uh, let me split my answer into two okay Uh, first one yeah the first one is about our our personal data is actually saved um, I, I'm not sure if you heard about this issue that was in 20 March, where uh, some people were able to see the credentials of other people trying to um, apply for GPT Plus because of a of a bug in in Redis. So yeah, th- th- this was actually revealed, and I'm not sure if you remember the day where where ChatGPT went completely down and people were just in like, how could ChatGPT be down? As developers, we cannot work. As marketing specialists, we, we we're stuck, etc. They actually they went down just to fix this bug because many people were able to see many other people's credentials. Like imagine I can see your your credit card information, for example, or maybe your passwords. You know, that so by is... means of yeah, and 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 actually OpenAI has published an article on on their um <laughs> yeah exactly this that is, this is one of the articles. credit card data. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That, yeah, so yeah. that is that is pretty ridiculous. Uh, I had to put that up on the screen for just a second. Of course, 
yeah, oh. just, for, for, uh, just to prove it, I mean. So, yeah. from my end, I have always told anyone that I know, please don't share any personal information of you, of you on, on ChatGPT, on prompts, even if you are, even if it says it's end-to-end encrypted. I mean, these people didn't share any privacy uh, rules they are using, so how could you trust them, you know? This is, this is one part of the answer. Now, the second part is that, um, are they using our data to, to generate, to train GPT-5? Can you imagine the amount of data that is generated just in the past two months from GPT-3 and now GPT-4? It is really a headache. It makes you think like, oh my God, where are we living? You know? Mm-hmm. So, actually no answer. Is it, is it a yes or a no? Only OpenAI can answer on that. They might say no because by means of data privacy, data security, we are keeping your data safe, etc., etc. Um, yeah, but who knows? No one knows actually. So, what we must do for sure is to keep our sensitive data, our personal data safe. So, there, there then lies a question that I have. Yeah. That may not even apply. To strictly open AI because, sorry, soda. Um, <laughs> that that might not even apply to open AI uh, because you know I just saw Bloomberg came out with the 80 billion parameter model trained on their own data for from 40 years of uh, financial analysis and news, um, which was enough to produce a model that that uh, was genuinely really really good. Um, my my thinking and my concern is what if we come out with GPT-5 and then people start is there a possibility that people are training on dark web data and what is dark web data and how do what's the like what's the difference between pulling dark web data and using it then than uh, doing it on a on a regular internet. I, I don't really know the, the difference as somebody who uh, who isn't that technically involved. So do you have any more insight on, on what could possibly be the answer there? Yeah, well, actually speaking about the dark web data, it's, it's illegal data. Okay, so it's, it's some place where, where you don't, you, you must not enter, you must not uh, visit, in the first place because it's an illegal place of data and when your IP is exposed to this part then Google might block your IP Microsoft might block your IP etc etc so first things first is black data dark web data sorry is not a safe place so for everyone listening to this please don't visit uh, dark web uh, as a whole and don't use its data now definitely not yeah disclaimer yeah of course and and for as for open ai if they are using dark web data well i don't think so uh, from my point of view because they have well in, in the papers they have released and in the, in the articles they have released they have stated that they use github they use um google google data they scrape google data and google of course is not dark web so it's legal data and uh, they used um books ebooks that they have and many other resources the many other resources is the part that's hidden it's the part that's missing and i think it's the part that's causing a lot of scientists to be furious about the usage of open ai and data i hope this answered your question yeah it, it does uh i think maybe some of the data they're collecting now could be video data 
Um, Because I know it was just text before, maybe to get to that next level of model and really pull all that data. I mean, I feel like there's a lot more code involved in a whole video than in in an article. Um, yeah, of course. It might involve transcripts of videos. It might involve trans- transcripts of audios. It might involve books, Reddit maybe, Reddit posts, LinkedIn posts, Twitters. Yeah. Can you imagine the data generated by Twitter daily basis? I mean, we are living in a world like we are now eight hours uh, difference, you know? So while I'm asleep, you are generating data on Twitter. When you are asleep, I'm generating data on Twitter. Yeah. So you can imagine it's like a 24 hours full-time job, non-stop. So the enormous amount of data available now, and GPT-3 is trained on it. GPT-3 is now able, able to generate more data from the one that it has. So if I, GPT-3 I, I... had... Yeah, of course. So if GPT has now 1 billion data, it might it might be able to generate at least more 1 billion data. And of course, it can generate one. So imagine we are in a room, hundreds of us, each one of us generating 100 billion, 100 billion, 100 billion. You can't count them, I'm so sure. And it's mind-blowing, that amount of data that you could have. But I, by the end of the day, it really re- needs human feedback. It really needs reinforcement learning human feedback to to do this part of this is uh, appropriate this is not this needs to be stay uh, this needs to be uh, removed etc etc okay so there is actually um there is a post i made about this sort of uh thing that i would like to pull up only because yeah. it never caught fire and i feel like it deserved a little bit more attention uh than than it got uh, so, le- uh, you know, I, I wake myself up in the middle of the night to, to post. So yeah, likewise. It, might, it might, it might take a second to, um, <laughs> to, to get to it. But, uh, I think that it's, it's very important. Uh, I, I feel you. Uh, sometimes I, I, I be like sleepy and then, um, I, an idea pops up. I'd be like, Oh, I don't, I don't want to miss this. I just it down and didn't get back to sleep yeah i mean you could miss uh you could miss like one day and and seriously miss so many things um it's a, a lot of incentive to um oh here we go now this this is where uh things become very very interesting and this is where the, this is where other guests, you know, really don't want to enter uh, territory on because it's it's a little bit uh, controversial, I think. So uh, let me. How do I share? I just had it. Um. Okay. So. Right. Yeah. We're we're here. And, uh, you know, this is part of my book. It was a bestseller, uh, but I don't think enough people really saw it. So uh, this is one little example of of things that are, uh, this is 100%, you know, we're seeing it live uh, on MIT Technology Review and on my post. So uh, iRobot uh, wanted this to be hush-hush. Uh, but their company, you know, 
you know how your devices are taking diagnostic data and you you basically um uh are able to or you like click in to give diagnostic data to the companies yes i think that uh they are put like as you see this this person literally on the toilet this is irobot uploaded this into the cloud oh uh, my god and, and you know i don't want to these are all blurred so it's it's not really but like um it's annotating data inside your house uh mm -hmm. for one um which is it's really interesting um and you know we've been trained on captures so many times that they have that information to uh basically answer what what is anything um and you know people who are doing captures on more sketchy sites could do captures of of other things and you we wouldn't even think anything of it um exactly. yeah. yeah and so uh you know consumers consent to having their data monitored from iPhones to washing machines and that's because data is the new gold data is uh how all these big companies are making billions and billions of dollars that's why Elon Musk was fine throwing 44 billion dollars in the in the drain for Twitter it's because he gets all yeah. that all that data years of, of data so much data It's, data is the future oil, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Data is the uh, future oil. And you know what's also funny is, um, <laughs> I, I wrote a letter back to this. I didn't get a response, of course. But you know, they the Future of Life Institute and these uh, these other. So it, it was Elon Musk. It was Steve Wozniak, who I've seen live uh, talking about tech and that. The guy was a little a little behind. He he didn't think we were going to advance past the iPhone uh 6 or 7 when I heard him speak. Uh oh, yeah. back back in like 2013, 2014. So, yeah. uh you know, I don't really think that uh Elon or Steve are the two greatest people to listen to on this. Not because Elon is not knowledgeable, it's because He has the Tesla data. He has the Twitter data. He has. And now he wants GPT data. Right, and he wants everyone to slow down so he can catch up. Exactly. So he he could do just. So he can have GPT five first. Exactly. Yeah, that's the point. I mean, how could he feel if he he's gonna feel laid behind? You know, it's it's not it's not Elon Musk's um, uh, spirit. He wants to stay to stay up behind, and I think that um, this is also my opinion. I'm not sure if this is correct or no, but like Elon Musk funded OpenAI for being open, you know, and then he, yeah, and then he, and now his his um, his main goal, like if you do now a simple Wikipedia, why did Elon Musk fund OpenAI? You're gonna find to make AI available for everyone, to make it open, to to fight against AI um, humility humiliations to make AI regulated etc etc now when when Elon found out that AI open AI is not really um, being aligned to these uh, rules then he went step back he left open AI now AI open AI is not really open anymore 
you know, but it is advanced and uh, from being a non-profit, it's now a profitable company with one of the highest shares, highest equity, highest uh, prices, etc. So I think open, I'm not sure how, how Elon Musk feels about this point. Like he might think that I might have been um, part of this big, big success or big progress, then I left it behind, you know? My, I, I don't think it's, I know that uh, it may seem like it's it's that in one way, but I think, um, you know, he, he was, I mean, he's been tech all along. Um, yeah. he, he's been PayPal. Um, he's been SpaceX. He's been, uh, he's been this and, and that and boring company. Uh, but truly he hasn't had, um, you know, like these, these companies that are developing their huge open source or not open source. No, not, not all of them. The, yeah. The huge LLMs, you have Google, you have, uh, I know Meta's working on one, I think even Snapchat. Um, really? And yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I mean, I know they have AI integration already, AI mm. bot. Um, and I don't know how the how the data really dissolves on Snapchat. That's a that's a whole nother um, discussion yeah. because you know I think that yeah yeah that's that's just a whole nother topic. Yeah, of course. Of course. You got to keep listeners intrigued for the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I I I think that. Um, I, they're all trying to establish themselves in this uh, new marketplace, and uh, they're all in a in a war for market share. You know, AWS, Amazon's in the in the running too. They're definitely building something because they they just host for so many sites, uh, and and they do so much cloud computing. Uh, Apple is another one. They have iCloud. They have. Um, you know, I think this is going to really propel their their development of vehicles. They they were working on autonomous vehicles, and now they have all this data, and they might have the ability to catch up to Elon quicker than uh, than expected. And same with other companies, if given data uh, from these people, and so so it's them, uh, and, and then you have. Microsoft, which is is really open AI. So this is the problem. Microsoft owns it. it they are, I, I mean, Microsoft is just a, a a whole huge entity. It's not really like a a little player anymore. Um, no, no. Microsoft is is one of of the best entities that we're able to catch chance, chances and leverage on top of them. And so the thing is, uh, what what was happening with uh, ChatGPT is they, you know, they are seriously in debt, um, and so they they did the buyout in a in a way that uh, was was qu- kind of more structured like a loan, um, and so Microsoft holds all the power. And it's it's incredible that that Bill Gates, who was number one richest guy in the world, you think he slips, and then 
obviously he's not Satya Nadella, but um, <laughs> there there's obviously some uh, communication up at the top, uh, and, and yeah, so it's it's so interesting and and really what what do these like it's it's an oligopoly of like six companies basically um you, microsoft google amazon face or meta yeah, um, yeah. and then twilon whatever whatever you Open want AI. <laughs> yeah Open AI now. it's under the hood of microsoft but yeah for gpt we can consider it as an open ai alone oh oh i thought i said uh microsoft yeah uh, of course you started with microsoft actually Oh, I said OpenAI too. No. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, anyways, uh, I I think it is these these players, and it is it's going to be interesting to see how they race to uh, accumulate this data. Of course. Yeah. Of course. I mean, they are all playing in the same playground, and by the end of the day, the one who has more data is going to be uh, the one that's going to go more faster to the top. And to acquire more shares, to be more profitable, to. Thank you again for listening to this episode of Future Frenzy. I'm your host, Sven Patzer.